0: Hey friends, and welcome to episode 140 here on the Yours Truly podcast. I am so grateful that you're joining me today. If you are new to the show, I have a little intro to describe who the heck I am and what the heck you're you're tuning into, but my name is Claire Tuning. I am your host, of course. I am a registered dietitian, a certified intuitive eating counselor, and lover of all things puns, And peanut butter and jelly. If you're not here for the first time, thanks for coming back. I have a really great episode today, a guest episode actually, with my newfound friend and fellow lover of the outside. Her name is Ash Manning. We are going to be talking all about how the outdoors can be a really Great part of the healing process when it comes to to mending your relationship with food and body and she's even going to offer some ideas on how to not be intimidated by getting outside and how to have fun with it whatever that might look like for you so i will be sharing a little bit more about ash and who she is and what she does here in a couple of moments but first We got to kick things off with our Goal Slayer post of the week. So this is a little segment that I do in the intro of every show where I feature a post that has been shared recently in a free private Facebook community that I run. If this is your first time hearing of this free group, I will tell you more about it and how to join here in a couple of moments. But the post I want to read today, got to find it and get to the right tab. Whenever I record the intros for these shows, I have about a million tabs open, so it's really a wonder that I (laughs) I find anything. But here we are. The post reads, hey friends, I've been on my intuitive eating journey for almost a year, and it's crazy to think that it's been that long. I'm also a nursing student, and I'm currently in a nutrition and metabolism course. While I thought I was doing well on my journey, being in a course that is so heavily steeped in diet culture is proving to be a little bit of a challenge. I was wondering if anyone has been in a similar situation, and if so, how you've handled it. I'm interested in looking at gentle nutrition and starting to apply it to my life, but less so from the diet culture view that I'm currently receiving in my classes. I think I'm just looking for advice on how to deal with all of the information coming to me and how to filter it through an intuitive eating lens. So maybe if you have any books, podcasts, YouTube recommendations, or gentle nutrition information that I can look at alongside what my professors are supplying, that would be great. I'd love to learn about this for professional reasons, obviously, but I'd also love to someday be at a point where I can educate future patients as well. I think I read that wrong. I'd love to learn about this for personal reasons. I think I said professional. I was inserting my own narrative there. But a a really big thank you and a shout out to this community member who shared this. Uh, We have a a couple of comments going on this post and I won't be reading all of them, but I can speak very personally to this topic as someone who spent a fair amount of time, we'll we'll put it that way, a fair amount of time in nutrition classes, in metabolism classes, and just like health Focused classes in general. Uh, it is no secret that much of the education that we receive as healthcare professionals is still, unfortunately, very weight centric. Meaning, there might be some acknowledgement that you know diets don't work, and we want to approach things with quote unquote moderation. So we we hear that, but then so much of what we're taught in school is followed up with weight management, quote unquote, recommendations or weight loss recommendations. So I know for me personally, when I was in school, that was the the time in my life when my relationship with food was the worst uh, for reasons that this person is pointing out in their post. It was just very weight centric. It was very good food, bad food, eat this, not that. So I really want to send a, a lot of compassion this person's way and say that I have been there. So moving forward, as you know, advice, what to do, not only for this individual, but if you yourself have ever found nutrition information to be kind of triggering, maybe if you're a student, if you're finding yourself in these classes, I think there are a couple of things that you may find helpful to keep in mind. First, a lot of the the science and the research that is presented around weight and weight loss can be outdated sometimes, so I think it can be a helpful practice. And I know not everyone feels comfortable in asking questions and pushing back, especially when um, there's a professor with a lot of years of experience under their belt teaching this information, but it might be useful to just ask some questions like, hey, where are you getting this information from? Or how old is that study that you're referencing? Or maybe even asking your professor is there a way that we could talk about health-promoting behaviors that don't focus on weight? Because at the end of the day, weight is not a behavior. So A, I think asking questions and doing a little bit of gentle or not so gentle, depending on your personality, some some pushback around this can be an interesting thing to experiment with. Um, Also, I think it can be really useful to... Educate yourself outside of the schooling environment or what's being presented to you. It sounds like in this case, it's a a college course. So in my comment back to this individual, I listed out a couple of resources that I will go ahead and share here on the podcast in case anyone else is wondering how can I branch out and learn about health and nutrition from a non-diet and health at every size lens, especially if that is not being presented in a typical format of a a course or a class. So the first book that I always recommend is Intuitive Eating, you guessed it, by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. There are four editions of this book, so I recommend getting your mitts on the most recent edition. That is the fourth edition. Um, I think this book does a really good job of of course laying out the the framework of intuitive eating and the 10 principles but also going into the research and the 120 plus studies that support this framework so they they do a good job of telling stories relating you know work that they've done with their clients to this and also bringing in the science aspect so that is one A newer resource, newer in that it just came out more recently than the Intuitive Eating book, is a book called Gentle Nutrition by Rachel Hartley. That is Rachel spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Rachel is a a friend and a colleague of mine. She was kind enough to send me her book at the start of this year. I think it was this year. It came out this year in 2021. So I would definitely recommend that for anyone who is interested in going deeper on the 10th principle of intuitive eating, which is honor your health through gentle nutrition. And then the last book that I will reference here, there are many, many more books than what I am listing, but the last one I will share for now is Body Respect by Lindo Bacon and Lucy Afremor, or even Okay, I know I said that I was just gonna list one more, but one more, and then I promise I'll be done. Um, even Health at Every Size, the book by Lindo Bacon. So, again, that's Body Respect and Health at Every Size. Both of those books do a really good job of taking a critical look at weight science and how weight is not a behavior and it's not the end all be all of health. So, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier about asking questions in these courses and pushing back on some of this information that is presented is the end-all be-all truth. Maybe you can even ask your professor, you know, what do you think about this book or how does what we're learning relate to the science and the evidence that is shared in both of those books that I just mentioned. So do your own research if you feel so inclined. Ask questions, stay curious, and um, I hope you find that helpful. I hope this relates to you listening, um, whether you're taking nutrition classes or not, I think it's just good to be able to look at any information about food, weight science through a a critical lens and question it. So I hope you found that answer to be helpful. If you are looking to come hang out with this in this community, I, I said a couple of moments ago that I would circle back to how you can join us, what the community is all about, but it is a group of individuals My air just kicked on. I meant to turn that off before I hit record. Sorry if the the noise quality just got a little bit worse. (laughs) It is so hot and humid in Virginia. I almost cannot stand to not have the AC on. So again, apologies if there's a, a little background noise now. But anyways, getting back to what I was saying. If you are interested in coming to join us in this free private Facebook community, we have over 900 members now, people who are just interested in learning more about intuitive eating and having a community of like-minded individuals that they can ask questions to, that they can turn to from support, then we would love to have you come and join us. The way that you can do that is by visiting my website that is is slash community that page or that URL will take you directly to the brief application that I will request that you join before request that you fill out rather before coming to join us. And once you submit that application, my team and I will look over it as soon as we can and let you into the community. Hope to see you there. But without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about Ash Manning. Ash is so cool, <laughs> to put it lightly, from, from the moment that she logged on to our virtual interview, I immediately got the best vibes, to be very scientific in my description, the best vibes from Ash. We we connected on a lot of levels before we even hit record, and I am so grateful that she took the time to share her experiences about nature and being in the outdoors and how being outside can be a really really great part of the healing process when it comes to moving away from dieting disordered eating body hatred etc so i'm going to share a little bit about ash via her bio that she provided me and then i'll give you a sneak peek as to what we get into in our conversation So, Ash Manning is a traveler from North Georgia with a deep love for whitewater and hiking. She describes herself as a plus-size adventurer advocating for diversity in the outdoors. She teaches backpacking trips and is often found speaking on body diversity within the outdoor industry. Manning has been a whitewater rafting guide since 2015 and has spent almost a decade in the outdoor industry. However, Her relationship with the outdoors goes back even further into her childhood. You can find Ash guiding rivers in the summers and planning her next adventure in the winters. In this conversation, Ash and I talk about how she discovered her love for the outdoors. I think it's interesting in her bio, she references that her interest in nature goes back all the way into her childhood so i ask her some questions about that we also talk about how connecting with nature can be helpful in healing your relationship with food and body as i've been referencing and i ask her some questions around what we can do if we maybe feel intimidated by the outdoors or like we don't know where to start when it comes to getting outside and adventuring or exploring so Ash, if you are listening, thank you so much again for having this conversation with me. And I really hope that you as a listener get as much out of hearing this conversation as I did having it. So without further ado, let's go talk to Ash. Hey, Ash, welcome to the Yours Lee podcast. How are you today?
1: Hey, Claire, I'm doing
0: great. How are you? I'm pretty good. I know we just talked for like 10 minutes off mic, so it's <laughs> weird to be like, how are you? But you know how else are we supposed to start a conversation?
1: (laughs) Hey, I'm down with it. It's all good.
0: (laughs) But uh, we are going to kick things off with some this or that. So I have five questions pre-prepared. I tried to brainstorm some that were a little bit more outdoorsy focused since I am speaking to you. So are you ready for question one? I am. (laughs) Okay. First question, hiking
1: in hot weather or cold weather? Oh, that one's a hard one. <laughs> um, I'm going to say hiking in hot weather because cold weather can, like, be a lot of stressor on the lungs, mm. um, and also just, like, sitting down and enjoying the view is a little harder with cold weather, so I'm going to say hot weather.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like with cold weather, you can't do too much sitting and admiring. You got to keep moving to stay halfway warm. <laughs> totally (laughs) yeah I'm with you on the hot weather although it can be annoying to be like super hot and I guess bug wise you might have a little bit more of a problem in hot weather but um maybe the benefits outweigh the costs (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um next one do you prefer east coast adventures or west coast adventures
1: oh no (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna make you choose (laughs) um Well I haven't been on the west coast as much so I'm gonna say west coast because there's so much more for me to adventure out there. Okay. Um, I'm really really familiar with the east coast and I love adventuring out here Um, and I love showing people the east coast and like how beautiful it actually is but I think that I have so much more to see on the west coast um, before I'm even familiar with it so I'm gonna say west coast. You surprised me with your answer. I
0: feel like I just, I just thought you were going to say East coast since you're on the East coast. And I know you've hiked the AT. I was just like, oh, she's definitely going to say East coast, but apparently not. But I like your reasoning for choosing West coast, just more to explore that you haven't yet.
1: Totally. Next
0: one. This is not so much related to nature, but bear with me coffee or tea.
1: Oh, coffee. I'm literally drinking coffee right now. <laughs> I saw you just sip something out of your rug, and I was like, I wonder what that is. <laughs> That's coffee. I like coffee
0: with oat milk. Yeah. Okay. Me too. I'm um, I'm definitely more of a coffee person than a tea person for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Next one. Okay. I know you are all over social media on both fronts of TikTok and Instagram, but what do you prefer?
1: TikTok or Instagram? If you had to pick one. Oh, I like Instagram. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh TikTok, it's a lot easier to kind of go viral and uh-huh. uh, get your videos around and everything, but I feel like Instagram's a little more intimate.
0: I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, Instagram's a little more predictable, I find. TikTok is definitely more of a wild card. You never know what you're going to get sometimes.
1: Yeah. You never know if you're going to end up on um, the wrong side of TikTok and people are going to be mean and you're like, what did I even do?
0: <laughs> How did I end up here? I should have yeah. stayed on the other path. Um, final one, pizza or tacos? Oh my gosh. Pizza. You I didn't even to think about that. You're like 100% pizza.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Every time I'm in the wilderness, I'm thinking about pizza. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like
0: Have you, uh, have you ever made a pizza over a campfire? Isn't there a way that you could technically do that if you had like the right skillet? I'm,
1: I don't know. I'm asking (laughs) a question. I have no idea. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I've made pizza in a Dutch oven in the Uh wilderness. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, in 2018, I had a permit for the Grand Canyon and I couldn't go. So I transferred it to my sister, Uh um, and my little sister It was funny because I had already made the menu and I had included pizza because my prior Canyon trip, I remember being like, wow, I would literally like throw one of you guys in the water for a pizza, (laughs) like, you know, and so I put pizza on the menu and when they got out there, they were like, how do we even make this pizza? Why did Ashley put the pizza on the menu? (laughs) But they figured it out. It's all Dutch oven. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, I'm sad they had to make it without you, but it sounds like you've had other opportunities since.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: Well, um, now that we know a little bit more about you, kind of the fun random sides, I would love for you to just share a little bit more about who you are for anyone who is not yet familiar and what it is that you're passionate about or what it is that you love to do.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I... I would consider myself an outdoor professional. Um, I've been in the outdoor industry for almost a decade. Um, I've been a whitewater raft guide for quite a few years, and um, I've been really passionate about hiking and backpacking um, for quite a few years as well. And I think my main goal is to Destigmatize stigmatize the outdoors um, and their ideas of what bodies should look like in the outdoors, um, which that means body inclusion. And I also fight for equality, equity, and diversity in the outdoors um, that reaches beyond um, body inclusion. So um, ensuring that, you know, people of color, disabled folks, and um, <clears throat> Anyone in the LGBTQ plus community feels comfortable uh, in the outdoors and promoting and helping and punching up those kind of programs and yeah, so that's me. (laughs) You're way more than just
0: an outdoors person for sure.
1: (laughs) Way (laughs) way more than that.
0: (laughs) I I'm curious knowing that you are so passionate about the outdoors and I I didn't realize until this moment that you've been in the industry for like over a decade. Like. Hello experience. A lot of time spent outside. Is this, um, something that you just kind of discovered over time that you really enjoy, or did you grow up in an environment where you
1: were always outside and that was just kind of, um, how you were raised? Yeah. So my dad is, um, he, my dad works for the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. Uh-huh. So he was a huge inspiration in my childhood of being in the outdoors. And my uncle was as well, he would um, take me and my sister frog hunting, polywog hunting, tadpole hunting. Um, so I would say that those two were really um, a big inspiration for like my outdoor life. And then um, uh, we lived kind of up on this mountain all alone, kind of, in in the back of this uh subdivision it was just really this long road and then our house was way back there uh-huh. uh, <laughs> for a really long time while I was a child and <clears throat> so I was like playing outside a lot my mom and dad were pretty uh pretty much like you know a little bit old-timey Appalachian like hey go play outside mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know like you don't know, sit you know two inches from the tv all the time go play outside so Um, I had a wild imagination. I played by myself a lot in the woods. And then growing up um, in a small town Appalachia, um, my friends and I didn't really have a lot to do. So we'd go and run around in the woods. And um, (laughs) so that was kind of part of that. And I began to learn outdoor skills and um, things that just made sense in the outdoors. Anything from my dad or learning it personally myself. Um, But my dad definitely taught me a lot about outdoor survival and how to be comfortable in the outdoors when I was a child um and then kind of moving on a- as an adult um there was a point where I like wasn't I was like oh like you know I I don't do this because um I'm a plus size person and that definitely became like in the past because I was like ah oh, well I really like it so <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah my my adult life I you know, began working for state parks and rafting outposts, zip line guide. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it just kind of was a staple all my life and became even more so when I became an adult.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's something that's always been present that you've always liked exploring, but it's become more of like your career and really your life kind of as you've gotten older. One question that I have been dying to ask you since I've started becoming more familiar with your content and we kind of uh, came up with the idea of doing this podcast interview is something that I think my audience might really connect to. So something that I find in so many individuals who I've had the pleasure of working with or just getting to know over the years kind of in their process of healing their relationships with food, their body movement, etc. It is so helpful for them to have some sort of activity or outlet, I guess you could say that allows them to connect to their body in a way that feels safe and in a way that feels fun and sometimes exploratory. So this might be a little bit of a loaded question, but I'm curious for you, has the outdoors or like exploring or being in nature, has that at all served for you is like, I don't know, a a healing part of your journey or just something that, um, I don't know, has
1: contributed to your own relationship with food and self at all? Oh, absolutely. I mean, truly and totally. And, you know, I didn't even realize I was like healing uh, with food and my relationship with food, when I was, um, it was like not even, I wasn't even thinking about it. And I remember, um, you know, and I'm gonna preface this, you know, like I'm gonna talk about, um, you know, the harsh relationship with food, real quick. Um, you know, in my teenage years, I had a really harsh eating disorder and ended up passing out and really rough things happen to me. And I always had the struggle, like, what's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. Um, You know, I'm eating very similar to my thin friends, if not less, and nothing's happening. Um, And as I was, I kind of realized this, um, almost after I'd been guiding and doing outdoorsy things for years, and limiting my um, intake of food and fuel, um, and feeling so weak in these outdoor activities. Um, I remember, uh, being a whitewater raft guide before I hiked the AT. Um, <clears throat> I would, I wouldn't eat breads uh-huh. and I wouldn't eat certain foods. And it was like, ah, oh, you need that fuel because at the end of the day I was so weak and so slow uh-huh. and just like I couldn't even make it up the hill with my boat. I I was like, ah, I must be out of shape. And it's like, no, I was in very great shape. I just wasn't eating correctly for Mm -hmm. my, for the out, for what I was doing, you know, I was incredibly active. And um, so with the AT, I would, I just, I realized that at some point I became this machine that was putting in the fuel and outputting what I was doing. You know, I was walking anywhere, you know, like the easygoing days, like, (laughs) you do a half a day and do like five miles, eight miles, or I was like walking up to 20, 21, 22 miles, you know, and it was like, you know, as long as I kept myself fed and uh, properly fueled and hydrated, it was like, I'm still going to go. And when I'm tired and my feet hurt, I'm going to lay down and I'm going to stretch and elevate my feet so that they stop swelling. (laughs) Um, You know, and then also realizing that beyond fuel um as food it's also culture Mm -hmm. um you know trail culture is you get to have this like big gnarly dinner with your trail family when you get into town you know everybody's eating a full pizza by themselves Uh because you've got this intense hunger because you've been burning so much yeah you've been working so hard Um, and I, I didn't feel guilty about literally eating an entire pizza because every single one of my peers around me, they were eating an entire pizza. Mm -hmm. I was only eating exactly what they were eating, even though it was a lot of food. And so I didn't even realize how much healing that was doing for me until I actually came off the trail and was like, never once did I worry about eating or people seeing me eating or uh, eating too much, you know. It was always like I got to eat this so I can walk up this mountain. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's
0: um, that's so interesting that it wasn't really like a conscious part of your healing journey. At least it doesn't sound like until no. you came off the trail, and it's like, oh, I have done so much work and healing in my relationship with food that I didn't even notice until now because I have been needing to eat for function and fuel and to survive quite literally when we're talking about
1: being in the outdoors (laughs) yeah and so that's kind of the way moving forward raft guiding or hiking or backpacking I was viewing food and in my day-to-day life I started like well when backpacking and um rafting I don't get enough fuel I don't get enough veggies um it's really difficult to carry veggies Mm -hmm. out there (laughs) And so I started taking green powder and um, it just makes me feel good. So mm-hmm. that is something I consume in my day-to-day life um, so that I feel like even if I am eating veggies in my day-to-day life, I am I know for a fact I'm getting those veggies no matter what. Um, it was definitely like uh, this change in uh, me. You know, I still struggle, right? You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I still struggle, but I'll tell you what, um I don't at all struggle with that when I'm in the back country. Mm -hmm. I am fully focused on my safety and my survival. And it's hard to put that into perspective in like day-to-day life when you're not in the back country being like, okay, like it's about survival and it's about safety. But I think that that's something that we, if we like put that in our minds, I think that it's really important to think about, you know, I think that day to day life, even it's, um, it's about survival and safety for our bodies, you know. I love how you frame that. I mean, noting that
0: survival and safety when we're in our own homes might look a lot different from survival and safety when you're in the backcountry. But I think, you know, keeping that phrase in mind, like, isn't that what eating is like always about to a certain extent, right? I couldn't yeah. agree more that of course, eating is connection and it's culture and it's memory, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is also about keeping our bodies safe and allowing us to survive. And something that um, actually just came to mind for me, I hadn't thought about this previous to our recording until you started talking and you're talking about backpacking. Um, it reminds me of a, a client who I worked with in the past who was also really into backpacking, you know, going on weekend trips and, you know, hiking long distances. And something that um, this individual learned throughout these experiences is that it not only um, helped them heal their relationship with food in viewing food as something that Helps your body do what it is that you love, but it also really helped them to practice more flexibility in their eating. When you were talking about like the greens powder, that's what reminded me. Cause when you're like out in the middle of nowhere, I cannot pretend to know a fraction of what you know about that, but I can imagine like you're not going to be hiking into the wilderness with a backpack of vegetables. A, (laughs) um, you don't have a fridge b you need more like energy dense things <laughs> to oh, yeah. keep you but um being able to practice flexibility in that like you're going to have to rely on more packaged foods or energy dense foods or making do with what you have so what a great way to practice um flexibility or maybe allowing in certain foods that have kind of been like stigmatized by
1: our diet culture i guess you could say yeah Oh, yeah. I mean, I was packing out, like, nutter butters and, <laughs> you know, like, like foods that was – all things that were told to me, like, oh, you, you shouldn't eat that. You right. know what's going to happen? Because it, it's so funny, like, I became so in tune with my body that I knew that once I ate that nutter butter, like, I was going on a sugar high, and I was, like, walking up that mountain as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. But also, it is, like, really interesting, you know, going into town and being like – I remember sitting outside of a store in Bland, Virginia Uh um, with my homie and he was like, yo girl, you want to eat this like big old thing of ice cream with me? And I was like, yeah, I do. We were taking a zero. We weren't even on trail, but it was like, It's this like really fun experience. We talk about it all the time when we're on the phone. Just like sitting outside the store and like spooning out this ice cream and enjoying every single bite. It was so sweet and so good. And I had missed cold ice cream. Oh, it was so delicious. And just like taking it in. And it's just him and me, just like oh, you know, (laughs) like getting in there and like. But that's the thing is like, yeah, we have this big stigmatizing like thing on certain foods. When in reality, you can just enjoy it for what it is, uh-huh. you know, like it is part of, you know, You like you said, culture and there's all kinds of stuff behind food. We don't have to feel bad about it. You know, I sure I didn't feel bad about eating half an entire container of ice cream <laughs> with my friend. That's one of my favorite memories.
0: You know, I, I can, uh, I can see the headlines now two hikers outside of Bland, Virginia, finish entire tub of ice cream and love it. Right. And love it. I can imagine too. I don't know what like, um, time of year that was, but especially if it was like in the spring or in the summer and you all were hot, like talk about the refreshing property of that as well. And also the fact that you probably don't get that flavor profile super often if you've been out in the woods. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But um, one other question that I have for you, this is uh, distancing us a little bit from the food conversation specifically, but since we also cover topics related to like movement or trying new things here on the podcast, I'm wondering if when you talk about exploring or being out in nature do you ever find that people are kind of intimidated by that idea like especially if they maybe don't have a background in being outside or like what might you say to someone who looks at your amazing profile and is like I love this idea of being outdoors and using it as a tool to even heal my relationship with food and self but like a I'm so intimidated by it and b I don't I don't know where the heck to begin. Like, what would you say to one of those people?
1: Oh, I, I meet a lot of people that are intimidated by the outdoors. Um, a lot of my followers are people that look exactly like me that have never stepped outside. Um, and they feel like, plus size people can't get out there. So I've met, I mean, when I say that I talk to and I've met so many, I've probably met hundreds of people with that exact feeling in their heart. And, uh, you know, what I would say, and what I would say is to do a little bit of research. Um, There are more than one of us, you know, out there like, if you don't live in um, a body that is um, marginalized Mm -hmm. or stigmatized, um, then you have the world at your fingertips. You have so many resources. It's great. Um, And then, on top of that, if you do, there are still a lot of resources and you could like, feel free to take advice from straight sized people or white people. If you're not white, you know, like, uh, you know, but it is good to like have that resource. I would say do a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. Um, don't step outside in your really nice UGG boots and with a Walmart bag in hand with like a sandwich and a water bottle. <laughs> like, um, you know, I've met a lot of people like I i met a lot of people that don't know how to get outside safely um but understanding that you should recreate responsibly that means keeping yourself safe um and then making sure where you're going um recreating on certain land like make sure number one you understand the um <clears throat> rules of the land and that means anywhere from uh like state parks or national parks, and then also respecting and understanding the land in terms of like indigenous folks, that's, you know, if they, there's an area that's special to them, um, maybe do research about that so that you're not desecrating anything special. Mm -hmm. Um, Because some of these places aren't, um, you know, quote unquote, their, their land. It still is, but like some of this is, isn't protected. Right. So you want to make sure that you're not doing anything like crazy like that, but do your research on the land where you're going. And once you like, no, maybe pick out a shorter trail. If you're just starting out a shorter trail or something easier going Um, and then get your footwear, Um, you know, you can start in tennis shoes. That's fine. Get a walking stick, you know, if it, and, and go out there and try it do a small trail you know maybe a mile long maybe shorter um there are trails that are um like inclusive to disabled folks so that's really awesome too um you know so go out there do a do a short trail see how you feel you'll probably love it and if you don't love it try it again i would say give it a good solid like five tries before you're like maybe this isn't for me Because I think a lot of people, what happens is they go out there and they're, they're not prepared. They have a bad experience. Um, it's raining. They don't have rain gear. They trip, they sprain their ankle because they don't have proper footwear or they're not walking with a walking stick. Maybe they do need a walking stick. They don't even know they do, but maybe they have a bum knee from years ago and it hurts now. Stretching, um, really is important, (laughs) but you know, there's a lot more to like outdoor recreation. Um, and just walking out there and just doing it all willy-nilly. Um, I never think to myself when I see somebody on the trail, you know, I've been on trails my whole life. I've never thought to myself seeing somebody on the trail with a huge pack full of stuff. I've never thought to myself, wow, that person's overprepared because that person might be the person that's saving your ass, you know? True, true. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, So whenever I never feel self-conscious about having a pack full of stuff, if you feel so inclined. Um, you know, personally, what I carry on like a mile or two mile hike is my fanny pack with a water bottle attached to it, and maybe a banana in it. But, you know, everybody's different. Um, so I think recreating responsibly and recreating safely how you feel safe. You know, if you feel like you need to take a full on first aid kit, you do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I take like a little bottle of ibuprofen, and I feel safe with that, but I'm also a wilderness first responder. And, you know, I've had training in how to respond to injury in the back country. Um, so whatever you feel safe with, you know, um, you do that. I mean, honestly, more than two miles, I'll, I'll carry a first aid kit <laughs> full on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, um, everything you're saying reminds me of a phrase my dad used to say, and I, I hope I don't butcher it. He actually still says this to this day, but like, he um, grew up in Virginia, outdoors person. Yeah. Um, he would always say it's better to have stuff you don't need than to need stuff you don't have.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I like my dad that. said that too. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> or that might be similar in a way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But I really appreciate too, how your answer kind of really focuses on doing a little bit of research because I find when we're a little bit more aware of things to look out for or things to have, it automatically helps us to feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more at ease, especially if it's something new. And I really appreciate as well that you bring up this idea of gathering your research or learning information from a variety of different individuals, which kind of brings me to my next and final specific question. then we can kind of spin off from here, but something that you talk about a lot in your social media feed. And one of the reasons why I even reached out to you in the first place, like, Hey, Ash, come on the podcast, um, is because you really work to normalize all body types in the outdoors. So I guess it's kind of a a two-part question. a did you, um, see other people doing this before you? And you were like, I want to do that too. Or did you kind of get into this because you're like, I love being outdoors and I want to do this. And I don't see anyone like me representing this. So I kind of want to step into that space. Like, how did that go? And I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of both, but I'm curious. Um,
1: So, okay. Actually, the way it kind of went for me was um, this was never like my intentional path. Um, Mm -hmm. I am a digital art major. Like I wanted to make cartoons, (laughs) um, which I still do you know I make designs and things like that and you know I freelance but uh no I basically so I never saw myself as truly like different or othered for a really long time because my small high school group that would go out and like hang out in the woods and flop around in the creek like they never made me feel othered. Mm-hmm. Um, they never made me feel different. And I didn't truly experience that until I was a little older and doing this stuff. And I was getting like side eyes and looks and feeling kind of weird about being out there. And I definitely, that was part of the reason I stopped being outdoorsy for, for a little bit of time it was cause I was like, Oh man, I, this is not for me. People are going to judge me and think I'm breathing too hard or whatever. Um, And when I stepped back in the outdoor industry, I was actually doing it, uh, for weight loss. Um, and it doesn't work. You like, it doesn't, don't do that. Like this, that should not be the reason you enter the outdoors because it's just going to make you dislike the outdoors. Mm -hmm. It's just going to make you have a hard relationship with the outdoors. Um, if you like, that is, that is something that does come, um, sometimes, but that shouldn't be your reason for the outdoors. Um, because a lot of people end up looking at hiking as a punishment, uh, which is so unfortunate, but, uh, no, I basically, there was an experience that I had that was super harsh, um, heartbreaking. It was like a lot of discrimination against my body. Um, a lot of assumptions were made about me that I didn't know. Um, I was just this hardworking youngin, and, um, I was like, Oh, Oh, I really am different. And it was kind of like, like this real realization moment of like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and so when that happened, I, it was almost like my eyes were kind of open because I did not realize, but this is how ha- this had happened to a girl prior to me. Mm-hmm. And then this happened again to another person. And then I was kind of hanging around this um, small trans boy and he was like telling me like, yeah, this is what happens to me. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? And then um, I had my black friend who was in the outdoor industry and he was kind of telling me what he was going through. And I was like, oh my God, I'm sick of this. you know. And it was just like, these experiences were different, obviously varying and like discriminatory actions, mm-hmm. but they were all inappropriate and they were all they were all pissing me off, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I feel like everybody should belong in the outdoors and feel like they can just be out there. And so I think like my work started, like how I like, you know, like some of the stuff I do is not out loud and it's more behind the scenes. I don't really put a whole ton of the stuff that I do on, um, you know, social media. I don't want to seem performative but it is like a lot of like writing zoom calls, phone calls, um, a lot of like discussion of like, Hey, um, where's your representation? Um, it's a lot of like calling out, it's hard conversations, Mm -hmm. um, because this world, um, yeah, belongs to everybody and everybody needs to be out here and needs to like feel the love and joy and the fresh air. And, um, you know, enjoy the rocks, the mountaintops. And I think that everyone deserves to be educated about the world that they stand on and that they're in and occupy. Um, Everyone deserves that. Mm -hmm. And so the injustices really drove me, honestly, a little bit of it was like totally out of spite for a little bit. Like I was like, no, 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 no. Like, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna change, we're gonna change it up. Um, And so like partnering with, you know, and becoming friends with people, Uh, like Tommy Corey, like uh, Latreya Graham, like Sam Ortiz, uh, you know, all of these like outdoorsy folks um, that are shaking up the industry, Um, being inspired by Acuna and the Black Alachian and what they stand for and who they are. Um, Just seeing like, just seeing them like really thoroughly enjoy the outdoors, um, and like listening to their voices, that's what kind of keeps me going and drives me, you know, and um, it's not so much spite anymore, but just, you know, a little bit, <laughs> a
0: little bit, a little chip on the shoulder. Yeah, little, yeah little. You know. <laughs> I am, um, as you talk about this, I know everyone who's listening can't see you, but I feel like, especially with this last question, as you were talking about everything that you just did, like your face lights up. And I can tell that you're so passionate about this. I can also tell it's not the first time you have spoken <laughs> about all of this stuff. <laughs> oh, I can yeah. tell. It's definitely something that you do and you live out every single day. And I guess my one final question that just came to my mind as you were speaking, since you have been on social and, you know, obviously your presence continues to grow and you continue to show up and be the outdoors person that you are, how has that been received on social or like in the the community that you're educating or people coming to you saying like, I get outside way more because of you, or you
1: taught me this, or I don't know, you tell me kind of what the response has been. Oh yeah, I get a lot of people saying that. I uh, recently, um, I get tagged in videos, uh, photos, people will comment. Um, I think one of my favorite things is people tagging me in videos and photos and being like, this is my first hike. Um, thank you. You know, and I'm like, Oh my God, you know, and I, (laughs) I love it. I get a lot of messages that are really loving and I I can't get to them all. There's, there's so many sometimes that I'm like, Oh, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I actually, um, don't check my DMS too often. Um, because there is, there is, there's backlash, there's hate, you know, and, I'm not gonna subject myself to that. Um, So it's, it sucks because for every like 10, 20, 30, 50 messages that are like, I love you. And this is awesome. And like, I want to hike with you. And I'm like, oh my God, I would love to hike with you too. um, There is somebody that's in there and they're being incredibly rude, incredibly mean and hateful. Um, And for my own mental health, I don't subject myself to that. So as uplifting as people can be, and I love it, I really do. in my DMs, I I won't look in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Comments usually are very uplifting and loving. Um, Hey, I do this too. You know, like uh, seeing like, oh my gosh, another plus size hiker, you know, that's, it's all this, like, it really does like fill my heart with joy. um, And I love it. You know, a lot of the response is really positive. And then, yeah. And sometimes there's some measly butthole that's, like, going to say, say something, like, really rude and mean, and um, sometimes I get really nervous, like, I'll post things, and I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, this one might, might get on the wrong side of Instagram or TikTok, and I might get a big backlash, or when companies post me, that's, that's always nerve-wracking, you know, they've got a lot of followers, and there's always somebody that's got something to say, Um, but for the most part, I try to do right, Um, and if somebody, you know, if I've done something wrong, and somebody calls me out, um, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll fix my behavior. But as as far as like, people just kind of be mean, just mean, sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. they just like to say something, this, that, or the other, Um, which that sucks. But for the most part, people are really loving and uplifting and happy. And um, it really warms my heart. Uh, Somebody made a video the other day, just kind of like, um, being really sweet, and I was like, "Oh man, this is great," <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> it kind of um, everything that you're saying makes me believe that you
0: have, like, a, you've had experience with setting boundaries around mm-hmm. like what you do and don't do. And it kind of reminds me of what you were talking about earlier. I think the 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 tagline we were talking about, you survival and safety, or something like that. It sounds like in a way you've kind of developed that strategy in navigating social media, right? Like for my own mental health for my own sanity, my own safety. I don't go into DMs a lot of times, but uh, we stay in the mostly uplifting comment section. So thank you so much for sharing all that you have so far. I honestly feel like I could selfishly keep you for hours and like, Ash, what about this? And what should I get for this? I feel like you are- Full of information about all things outdoors, but before we tell people where they can find you and how to learn more from you, is there anything else that you feel inclined to add or maybe anything that we didn't touch on in our conversation that you want to be sure you speak on before we come to a close?
1: Um, I just want to encourage anybody that's listening to, um, you know get outside if you feel so inclined if you don't that's fine if that's not your thing that's totally fine but um you know getting outside was definitely a healing process for me and i think for so many people that think that they can't get outside that they don't belong outside that they aren't in the outdoors, I think it's time that you go and take up space out there and that um, you can find yourself healing from a lot of things, uh, whether that be disordered eating, whether that be um, a tragic loss or whether that be, um, you know, something else. I think that the outdoors, outside, getting your body kind of moving and, you uh, you know, you don't even have to move that much, you know, walk into the woods and sit down on some grass and really enjoy it, you know, breathe in that, like, mossy air, you know, like, look at the trees, enjoy nature, watch some wildlife. It's all an experience that you can't get online, you know, you can't get anywhere else but right there listening to the babbling brook. I really want to encourage anybody to, you know, take that next step and you know, step into the outdoors.
0: Ash, I have to tell you, you're making me a little homesick as you're talking about like the woods and the babbling brook. I um, I told you I recently moved to the coast and don't get me wrong. There's so much beautiful wildlife and nature out here, but all of the, the references that you're giving to the woods and going and sitting yeah. on the grass, it so much reminds me of growing up in, in Southwestern Virginia, like I was telling you earlier, like yeah. really close to the, to the Appalachian trail right there. But I couldn't agree more with everything that you said. And I, I so love how you phrased it a second ago that you were encouraging people to get out and take up space in the outdoors oh, and yeah. in the indoors as well, but in the outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much again for your time, for sharing parts of your story and for all of the little knowledge nuggets you dropped on us, but for anyone who is loving this or wants to learn more from you, wants to gather more tips about being in the outdoors and all of the other stuff that you share, where is the best place for people
1: to find you? Uh, Well, I'm on Instagram, Ashley's Adventure. I'm also on TikTok, which is Ashley's Adventure and then underscore. Um, And then I do have a website. It's not fully built yet but coming soon maybe by the time you release this episode um it's www.ashleysadventure.com um and i'll have a blog up um kind of chatting about experiences gear things like that so you can find me there too
0: well we will be sure to link all of that in the show notes this will probably be out sometime in the summer so that maybe we'll give you enough time between now and then to get that up and running so if anyone is listening and Wants those resources, they can check out the show notes. But um, Ash, again, it has been a pleasure connecting with you. And that is all we have for you guys today on the Yours Truly podcast. So we are going to sign off by saying Yours Truly, Claire and Ash. And there you have it, my friend. That is our show. Thanks for tuning in for episode 140 of the podcast. I hope today's conversation between Ash and I inspired you to maybe Step outside today, see the sunlight or the the rain, depending on what what the weather is like near you. But if you enjoyed any part of today's conversation or anything that I have ever shared here on the podcast, it would mean more than you know if you could tap those five stars and leave a review as well. If you feel so inclined, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you are choosing to listen somewhere else, be it Spotify or SoundCloud, you can still support the pod and spread the word by taking a screenshot, uploading it to your social media platform of choice. Maybe it's an Insta story. Maybe if you're a, a TikToker, you can. I don't know, mention it. Give me a tag at Claire Tuning. Again, your support does not go unnoticed and it helps more than you know. But until next Wednesday, take care. Hope you have a really wonderful week and um, I'll be seeing you soon.